put on for my soldiers, dog. They had to swear me in. Young, humble motherfucker, but my hustle arrogant. Got it all off the muscle like I'm Devil's Harrier. Make this trap great again. I'm a proud American. I'm a proud American. I'm a proud American. Boy, salute me when you see me. I'm a proud American. I'm a proud American. I'm a proud American. No surrender, no retreat. I'm a proud American. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to life liberty and real talk my name is luke today we're going to talk about some stuff that has been kind of brewing in politics for quite a while now really i don't know took a big stand with bernie sanders in 2016 but that is the different economic systems and really dive into the keys of all of them and personally just why i think capitalism is by far not only the best economic system but also, at the end of the day, the most moral. So let's dive right into it. Let's define the three economic systems that are talked about wildly across at least this country in the last you know, 40 years or so. There's been a resurgence of people um, on the socialist train. So let's define socialism real quick. The dictionary definition of socialism is that the means of production are owned by the state, by the government. Now let's go down to communism. Communism is a Marxist theory where all property is publicly owned and people work and are given things based upon their needs. Now go to the third one, capitalism. Countries, industries, and trade are controlled and operated by private owners for profit rather than state-owned, such as in the form of socialism. Now, I want to look, I want to dive a little bit deeper into these three before I go about making my case about why capitalism is the best system. So let's start with communism because, I mean, really it's the least talked about probably of the three. But pure communism at its core, when you look at it from a point of view of not in practice, but just looking at what it intends to do. All property, all resources collectively owned by a class-free society rather than by individual citizens. Um, Karl Marx's theory, pure capitalism, he has a quote. It says, pure capitalism results in a society which all are equal and there is no need for money or the accumulation of individual wealth. In communism, Central government provides people with all their basic necessities, you know, their food, education, housing, medical care, and they're shared, they all share equally from the benefits of what they like to call collective labor. There's no need for anybody to own anything because everybody owns everything. Let's dive a little bit more into socialism. Each individual in socialism is kind of given an equal share of what are considered the four factors of economic production. You, know, you get your labor, you got your entrepreneurship, your capital goods, and your natural resources. Now socialism operates almost under the assumption that all people naturally want to cooperate in the and in the economy, but are restricted or restrained from doing so by the quote-unquote competitive nature of capitalism. Now, 
everybody kind of knows what capitalism is, but it's, you know, consumer-centered, free market, all that stuff. I mean, we live here in America. We are not a pure capitalist society, but for the most part, we have a free market. Now, capitalism, why I believe it is the best economic system. Capitalism is very consumer-centered. I mean, somebody believes they have something you want or that you need, they make it. If they're right and people do want it, people do need it, they're going to purchase it and that person is going to prosper. If they're wrong and people don't need it, they don't want it, they're going to fail. They're not going to be in business anymore. It encourages people to constantly improve their lives by providing things to others. And the consumer has the ultimate power. I love to look at capitalism in this light where every dollar that you have in your bank account, in your wallet, under your mattress, doesn't matter, is a vote. And every time you spend a dollar, it is a vote to keep that person in business. It is a vote telling that person, I like what you're doing, I'm going to purchase it, and I want you to stay in business, I want to keep giving you my dollars. In socialism, that doesn't happen. In socialism, the government holds the ultimate power. It decides what you get from the limited supply that the government says should be, exist. And instead of millions of people making millions of decisions on a daily basis on what they want, the government decides what people should have and also what they should pay for it. And oftentimes, that hurts not only the people selling it, but also the consumer. I want to look at Venezuela. And the only reason I raise the point of Venezuela is because people talk about it on the left and they praised it when they first switched to a more socialist society. Venezuela was the richest country in South America pre-socialism. But through widespread nationalization of private industry, through currency and price controls, and through fiscally irresponsible expansion of their welfare programs, now people are hungry. People are waiting in massive lines just to get food, to survive. I mean, at the end of the day, capitalism teaches people to work more, where socialism really teaches people to demand more. Now let's dive into Venezuela a little bit. Now their nationalization of every industry, it destroyed their production. No government has the capacity to run thousands of businesses. That's why you know, all these businesses in America and our free market system have different owners, different CEOs, they have board members, they have all these people that it takes to run this company, XYZ, whatever it is, the government simply does not have the capacity to run thousands of businesses, nor do they have the profit motive to run them efficiently. You know, they're going to pick and choose which businesses they believe are going to help their people. Okay, I want business A and C to continue to run efficiently, but Business B, I don't think the people need that. So we're going to you know, put less time into managing that because we have these thousands of companies that we have to manage. Instead of you know, 
incentives to please voters by selling your product at low prices and hiring more people than necessary, why don't we let the people decide with their votes who they want to stay and who they want to go by purchasing things, by not purchasing things they don't want? You know? I mean, when when something happens in business that's bad, you know what? People stop going there. People stop purchasing from that business. In Venezuela, state control of agriculture dropped food production by 75% in two decades as the population went up by 33%. So people are out here starving, all because the government wants to control the means of production of every sector. And at the end of the day, socialism looks good, and it works at first. Because as the government is going around, and they're pulling money from everybody, stealing money from the businesses, taking money from the quote-unquote the rich, and distributing it to other people, it works. But at the end of the day, the more and more that you do that, the less incentive these businesses have to stay, the less incentive people have to work hard, and you see it just tank. Another problem with Venezuela, they put so much effort and money into irresponsibly expanding their welfare program. And is welfare inherently a good thing to get people back on their feet when they lose their job? Of course it is. But it's not meant to be lived off of. Despite their their rising oil prices, it was $10 a barrel in 1999. It's $100 a barrel in 2008. And their deficit, you know, they, they started printing money to cover their deficit, which caused high inflation. And at the end of the day, when you, you know, increase the welfare, you increase inflation, make it almost impossible to buy things in your country because of this socialism, uh, the socialist way of government that always ends up being the people, you know, in the top and the government and all their friends and all their cronies, they're just living like fat cats when the rest of the people down below are starving. It hurts the poor. It doesn't help the poor. Socialism hurts the poor. When you go look at, you know, Venezuela, these people are literally lining up for food. Some of them don't even get food. And it's never-ending. Because when people get used to depending on the government, no matter how much poorer and poorer and poorer they become, it's hard to break that dependency. And with that dependency just comes more government funding needed and more money needed to you know, keep these people alive because they've gotten so used to relying on the government. The only problem is only a free market economy can produce enough wealth to sustain all this, quote, free stuff that they push. I mean, you want free everything for everybody? Who's going to pay for it? You can't pay for it with a socialist economy because the government controls all the means of production. It controls who gets it at what cost and at how much of it. Everybody's redistributing wealth. And at the end of the day, nobody wants to work. And so your country tanks. Now, that's one example of just 
a socialist country that, you know, several years ago back in the late 90s, early 2000s that the left was pushing and they were just, you know, everybody in Hollywood, oh, Venezuela, they're great, they're great, they're great. You know, people, Hollywood stars traveled there. You know, they visited this country. They're, oh, yes, Venezuela's amazing. At the end of the day, they destroyed their poor. They didn't lift them up out of poverty. They pushed them more down into poverty. Let's take a look at the flip side. You know, somebody that, a country that Bernie Sanders is kind of touting now as what socialism would look like in America, how we could go about doing it, and that's Denmark. Well, first of all, the Danes have made it very, very clear that they're not a socialist country. They've made that very clear. Now, labor, the labor market in Denmark is actually less regulated than the U.S. They don't have minimum wage laws. Their private business thrives. But how they can afford to give you know, some of these government funded things like health care and all that stuff is they pay an average of 50% in taxes. The average American has 27% more disposable income than the average Dane, which I just thought was absolutely crazy. I mean, socialism produces selfishness. The American dream has always been about growing up, maturing, and making a life for yourself, becoming independent, becoming self-reliant. Socialism has completely destroyed this aspiration. I mean, you see people now, the millennial generation now, they're less and less about becoming independent and self-reliant, and more and more people are living with their parents into their 30s. You don't need to take care of yourself if the government will just take care of you. Socialism enables and produces people to become more and more self-centered. Entitlements start to become a right. People lack gratitude because, you know, why would or why should a person be grateful for receiving something that they believe to be entitled to? I mean, because, of course, they're entitled to it. You know, somebody doesn't need to give them that out of the great goodness of their hearts. They're entitled to it. And this is just, I, I see a lot of things, you know, that the left pushes. And I can, whether I agree with them or not, I can take a step back and I can say, you know what? I understand why people would think that. Like, that's a logical thought and... It makes sense that people would have that belief. One thing that I just absolutely do not understand how people can get behind is socialism. I mean, you look at people in the millennial generation, the generation that's in college right now, the generation that's in high school right now. You go down the line. They've really, I mean, as total, obviously there's some circumstances where kids are you know, not well off at all. But if you look at the average, you know, lower middle to middle class teenager, somebody in their 20s, even frankly somebody in their low 30s, have they really, really had to struggle through anything as a combined society? I mean, America 
has just been booming economically in the last you know 10 15 years we've been seeing some amazing growth they really i mean we've been in a very long time period of prosperity other than the economic crash of 2008 which did last for a little bit but other than that blip right there i mean they really america has just skyrocketed economically more and more people are being lifted out of poverty every day more and more people are being able to survive being able to provide for their families the poverty rate in america before covid of course was getting higher and higher and higher but they don't care about that what they want to look at is the income inequality which i have a huge problem with because income inequality doesn't necessarily mean somebody else is better or worse off because the other person is better or worse off you know they tend to look at it like it's a zero sum game but our economy is constantly exponentially growing every year it's not a zero sum game and i look at it in terms of there's a quote from Rand Paul in the book, The Case Against Socialism, and it really resonated with me. Said, Would you rather make yourself richer or make the rich poorer? And, I mean, as increased, an increase in a country's level of income equality actually does the opposite. It has a significant positive relationship on economic growth. Yes, the rich might be getting richer at a faster rate, but the poor are also getting richer. Would you rather make $10,000 a year while the rich make 10 times as much as you? Or would you rather make $30,000, $40,000 a year where the rich are making 20 times as more as you? When did it come to the point of, I have $10, my neighbor has 20, I would rather have somebody take that $10 away from my neighbor so we both have 10 rather than giving me five for me to be better off. When is it I want that? When did it become I want that person to be as miserable as I am instead of I want to be happier? People are not taking responsibility for their own actions. They just want they want people to give 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 or take 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 from other people. They don't want to make themselves better. They want to make everybody else worse. What really matters is your standard of living, not your neighbors. The poor are getting richer all the time. And guess what? The rich are also. In 1820, 90% of the world lived in what we would consider extreme poverty. Today, a mere 10% of the world live in extreme poverty. If you're telling me that income inequality hurts people at the bottom, yet you just see that and don't think anything, like the whole world, 10% of people in the world live in extreme, extreme poverty. And it's going to keep getting lower. Because we're being more advanced as a whole society, not just here in America, but in the whole world. We're helping these people by helping them become better off. Not by going to the rich and making them worse off. Because that doesn't work. It's never going to work.
It's going to work at first. Like I said, socialism always looks good at first until they run out of people to steal money from. The amount of work that allowed an unskilled worker to buy a total of your 42 basic commodities in 1919 can buy 7.6 times that in 2019. How does that show you that the poor is not better off now? How does that show you that income inequality is the problem? You know, like, yes, the rich are getting richer, but like I said, the poor are also getting richer. Another example. In 1971, one month's salary is what it took to afford a television. Today, on average, two-day salary, and you can afford a television. You know, you look back at the 70s and just the amount of things people had, the average family, like what they had in their house. And then you go to today. Now, there are people that live on the streets that have iPhones. You're telling me that they're worse off than the people in the 70s that were homeless? No. Is homelessness a problem? Yes. Is the poverty rate a problem? Yes. But do we want to give these people things and just keep them down, keep them relying on the government for the rest of their lives? Or do we want to have a kick-ass economy that keeps growing exponentially all the time and help lift people out of poverty? It, it just is dumbfounding to me that all these college kids who... Uh, yeah, are going to college, which costs a lot of money. I mean, yeah, sure, they're taking out loans, but they're taking out loans with the hope that their college degree allows them to be better off than they would be without one. So yeah, they're going into debt. But the hope is that with that debt, they're buying themselves the experience necessary to have a better life later on. Now you're telling me that that isn't what capitalism is? I mean, yes, college is too expensive. I mean, we, that's another debate for another day. But at the end of the day, all these people, all these college kids are pushing socialism right now because, you know, they just, they don't want to work for their life. You know, Ben Shapiro said one time, that there are three things that you can do to stay out of poverty statistically. And that's graduate from high school, get a job, and don't have kids outside of wedlock. You do those three things, there's something like a 90-some percent chance that you will not live in poverty. Now, if that doesn't tell you that America's better off under capitalist society, I don't know what is. Socialism is just straight up not even moral. I mean, it teaches people to demand everything. I want to take from my neighbor. Take things that you don't deserve. You know, when you were growing up and your sibling was playing with a toy and you took it from them and they cried, they went to your mom, they went to your dad, whatever, what'd your parents say? Hey, 
Timmy was playing with that toy. Give it back to them. Because it's morally wrong. You want it, so you're going to go take it because you don't have it just right then and there. So you want it, so you're going to go take it. That's what socialism is. Socialism is, oh, I don't want to work for this. I don't want to take responsibility for my own actions. I just want to have other people that have worked their ass off to be successful give me things. Yeah, you can look at, oh, these corporations, they're so corrupt and they, they do all these terrible things every day. But at the end of the day, they also do some great things. You look at Amazon, for example. First of all, people think Amazon's a monopoly. Legally speaking, it's not. But again, that's another debate for another day. Jeff Bezos was in the financial industry. He was absolutely killing it as a financial advisor. Probably would have been plenty well off for the rest of his life. But he had this idea. You know, and he went to his he went to his boss and he said, hey, I have this idea. I'm thinking about running with it. And his boss said, why? Why would you do that? You're making all this money as a financial advisor. You're well off. You think you're going to be able to support your family if you just go off and do this? Most people in that situation, they'd feel comfortable where they were at, and they'd be fine just living that life. But he had a vision, so he went for it. Now he's one of the richest people in the world. You know, Bill Gates, he was in college. He could have definitely made plenty of money graduating from college, getting a job, would have had a good life. But again, he had this idea. Capitalism allows the son of a car salesman, and I believe his mom was a teacher maybe, to tinker with things in his garage and become at one point the richest man in the world. Steve Jobs, same thing. Capitalism forces people to have good ideas, be innovative, solve problems, and push products that people want and people need. With socialism, who's to say Bill Gates would have ever started Microsoft, who's helped millions and millions and millions and millions of people with their lives, make their lives easier. I mean, name one person that you know that hasn't heard of Microsoft Word or any of that. You know, under socialism, he probably would have been just fine living off the government, not having an idea because he knows if he does work his tail off, he does have this idea, he does become successful, all of his money's going to the government anyway. So at what point do we want to sacrifice the incentives for technological advancement with quote-unquote fairness. That's the biggest thing that just dumbfounds me, is these people push fairness, fairness, fairness. But at the end of the day, is it really fair? Yeah, sure. Your neighbor might be just as miserable as you are. But if you're both miserable, what's the point? I mean, who cares if your neighbor makes a million dollars a year and you make a hundred thousand? Because you're still well off. Or who cares if your neighbor makes a million dollars a year but you make 
50000 you're still well off. Who cares if your neighbor makes a million dollars a year, but you make 45000 You know, as long as you are able to live a comfortable life, and if you're not, do something about it. You know, and there are circumstances where that just, you know, sometimes isn't possible. And I totally understand that, but I'm speaking to the average statistic here. I'm not talking about the circumstances that, you know, are on the far right, far left, that is out of my control. I'm talking about the average person. And the average person is statistically going to live a pretty decent life. But if you add socialism into that equation, everybody's going to get dropped down, including the poor. And you know who's going to be rich? You know who's going to be well off? You know who's going to have food? The people running everything. The government and the friends of the people in the government. Because at the end of the day, socialism leads to power-hungry officials and all they do is, oh, you know, you can't afford toilet paper, you can't afford food. Well, that's fine because me and all my friends have food. And we're going to just keep giving you things, but just enough to where you have to rely on us. I just think socialism in this country would drive our not only our economy, but our entire well-being as a country into the ground. And like I said earlier, how are you going to fund all this free stuff? Because only a free market economy can produce enough wealth to sustain all the supposed free stuff. Now I want to leave you guys with the quote that I said a little earlier and I just want this to really resonate with people at the end of the day would you rather make yourself richer or make the rich poorer because I know which one I would choose and I would choose to be better off myself every single time because at the end of the day, I'm concerned with my well-being, not the misery or potential misery of others. Just think about that. This has been Life, Liberty, and Real Talk. It's been a great time talking to you guys for the last half hour. I wanted to keep it short, but I wanted to make my point that socialism is the least moral way we could go in this country. It's not about fairness. It's about government control. And a free market economy is the most fair system to be put in place because it allows you, the consumer, to vote who stays in business and who doesn't. You don't like Amazon? Don't buy from Amazon. You don't like Walmart? Don't buy from Walmart. Simple as that. Vote with your money. And that's capitalism to a T. Instead of millions of people voting to keep people in business or to not keep people in business, socialism is people at the top deciding 
who stays in business, deciding what to make, deciding who makes what, deciding how much of what they make. And at the end of the day, I have a problem with that. Because I want to live my life. I don't want the government to control what I get and what I pay for it. I want to vote with my dollars. Who stays in business? I'm a proud